Hello, and welcome to the Investing on the Go podcast. I'm Chris Sarley, and today we're joined by Peter Ewens, manager of the elite-rated BMO Global Smaller Companies Trust. Thank you for joining us today, Peter. Oh, thanks for having me, Chris. Um, it's been a bit of a challenging or even brutal year for, for smaller companies, especially in the UK, where you have about 25% of the trust invested. What's it been like investing through these difficult times where, where small caps seem to be in the eye of the storm? Yeah, it's been a, a very, very tough year. And brutally, I think you said, yeah, it's been very tough. I mean, ultimately, none of us, um, I don't think any fund managers out there have, have, have worked through a pandemic situation before. So I think we've, we've been learning as we go along, really, as to the impact of this um, COVID um, on, on the markets. And obviously, we've seen some huge moves. Um, I think we found it very tough as a team. We found it very tough in the early part of the the, uh, the pandemic, where you just saw this horrendous set of company announcements with companies putting guidance, cutting forecasts, etc., and uh, share prices collapsing. Quite depressing, really, because you, you sort of sit there with a portfolio that you think is actually well set up for the environment, and then all of a sudden the environment has totally transformed. So, I think we all found that quite difficult. I think we then spent some time looking at balance sheet risk on the portfolio because obviously. Um, profitability was going to be falling up sharply for a lot of companies. We were looking at uh, balance sheets closely, took some action in relation to that to where we thought financial risk was too extended. Then we started thinking about what are the structural longer-term impacts of the, the, uh, the COVID on the pandemic on people's behaviour, potentially you know things like working from home like we're, like we're doing now. Um, is that going to be a longer-term thing? You know That has ramifications across uh, various sectors. Um, so we spent, spent a lot of time thinking about that. And then obviously more recently, we've had um, you know, signs of the economic pickup um, um, and then another resurgence in virus cases, which obviously sort of hit the, uh, hit the markets back again in October. And then most recently, obviously, we've had the good news on the vaccines, which has led uh, to a massive surge in the market. So it, it really has been a, a roller coaster rise you know, from, uh, from the market's perspective. And you, you mentioned the UK. The UK market has been uh, has been impacted hard by by COVID. It's got quite a, um, a, a pronounced skew to some of the worst hit sectors. So, you know, we have seen that market has been difficult this year, but it is bouncing back along with the other markets. Um, there's an element of the sort of glass half for empty versus glass half full scenario here. So, the fact that smaller companies have struggled also means that a number of regions, you know, the small caps are now pretty cheap versus their larger counterparts. I mean. Does that mean you've been able to pick up bargains in, you know, since the start of the sell-off? Yeah, I mean, smaller companies, um, I think they, they entered 2020 having had a couple of bit disappointing years. They had lagged the, the larger cap indices in most part in a lot of parts of the world. With um, you know, as, as, as everyone knows, the big technology stocks in the US um, driving, you know, doing fantastically well. And interest was more on the large cap side for for you know for quite a pronounced period of time and. People were worried about the macro environment. People are worried about Brexit and other issues that were going on. So smaller companies, yeah, did t- had tended to lag going into 2020. Um, I think obviously when the pandemic struck, I think they then lagged again quite sharply in the initial sort of sell-off. Um, you know, with with that sort of greater economic sensitivities around some small companies, you, you saw people retreating from them. Um, now what we're seeing is obviously that uh, that sort of reversing, and people now actually more positive on the outlook with the vaccine um, the vaccine news most recently. People now looking for recovery plays, and we've seen smaller company indices actually outperforming the larger company indices quite strongly since the uh, you know in the last few months really. So 
Um, it's, it's, it's turning out to be, funnily enough, it's turning out to be a better year for small companies than you could possibly believe in, in back in March. Um, in terms of the bargains, yeah, I mean, there's obviously, well, there were bargains to be had in, with the benefit of hindsight in, in March and, and April when um, people were panicking. Um, you know, obviously, we, we topped up a few things at that point in time. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we should have bought a few other things as well. So, you know, it's, uh, it's been a, it's been a very challenging time to, to manage a portfolio for any fund manager this year. But, uh, yeah, there were bargains there. I think we still think there are some opportunities in the markets now. Uh, but obviously things are, you know, broadly, you know, the, the things that were hit hard by COVID are probably 50 to 100% higher than they were at the low. So, and, and in fact, in some cases, more than that. So the bargains are less on the ground than they, than they were. You mentioned the, the vaccine, and we've had the sort of vaccine bounce and the, the, the catalyst, as some would point out. Um, with, your sort of, with your sort of globe out, do you think 2021 could be a good year for, for smaller companies to sort of continue that up, for, you know, continue to outperform perhaps? It's possible, yeah. I mean, it's always difficult to be too, um, you know, too prescriptive. I mean, obviously, at the moment, we're, we're, the, the, the markets are very confident about the, uh, you know, the, the success of the vaccines and the rollout. You know, I mean, obviously, we don't really know at this stage how successful that rollout's going to be. It could be that, uh, you know, there's another resurgence in COVID, further, further lockdowns put in, in place in the start of next year. Um, I think the market is looking for uh, the vaccines to be, um, you know, to be making a big difference to um, to things, you know, back at the end of Q1, maybe through Q2, and, and is hoping for a more normal sort of summer, summer period. We don't really know whether that's going to happen. If it, if it does happen, I think if the, the vaccines uh, rolls out, roll out successful and economic activity picks up, then that is that is good news for smaller companies and people will probably continue to um, favour them over, the, over the, the more steady, larger companies, which have done you know, better in the, uh, the early part of the pandemic. Um, but we, we'll, have to, we'll have to see. You know, I think, we've, uh, as, I say, we've, as I said earlier, we've already had quite big moves in the, in the, in the indices. So, um, you know, we, we'll have to see as time, as time goes through. But uh, smaller companies do tend to do better coming out of sort of recessions. Um, you know, and, and uh, you know, that, that is what we're, that is the scenario we're looking at at the moment, hopefully subject to these vaccines being, uh, being effective. So just going back to the vaccine, it's only sort of been, you know, a handful of days since we had the news. Have you had any companies that have felt sort of the, the benefit of the bounce? Well, I mean, yeah, the markets are up very, very strongly, Chris, you know, and not just the, not just the, um, you know, the, the smaller companies, the market as a whole are up, um, you know, very well in, in November so far. So obviously we've had some, um, you know, we've had some good rises. I mean, the companies that have done best in November today have been in sort of the mirror image of what did well in sort of March, April, i.e. companies that are, that are potentially perceived to be, uh, that are maybe, you know, hit by the lockdowns, um, companies in leisure, travel, uh, hospitality, those sort of companies um, have been very much favoured as people have hoped of looking forward to the time where uh, things normalise there. So, you know, um, travel agencies, um, transport companies, um, restaurants, pubs, sort of companies, very strong in the last few uh, few days since that vaccine news has come out. And at the weaker side, you know, the things that have done very well, maybe some of the technology stocks, some of the benefits of beneficiaries of the staying at home trend, you know, some of the food companies maybe um, uh, companies that have uh, you know just done well through that period of people before staying at home those those, those shares have lagged in the in the rally but uh, yeah the markets are up very strongly and uh, you know yeah, so we do have some good movers 
Okay. And um, one area that perhaps has done surprisingly well is Japan. Could you maybe explain why that is? I mean, is, is it purely political? And maybe talk us through some of the funds that you favour in that space. Yeah, and Japan's doing okay this year. I mean, it's it's not um, it's not top of the charts in terms of performance this year. Um, it's benefiting from um, you know it's maybe its geographic location because ultimately, um, as as we know, China uh, when it was the first into this crisis, but uh, got it suppressed quite well. Um, and Japan is very closely linked to China and other regional um, regional markets out there in the Far East. So the fact that China's recovering is helping places like Japan. Their economy is going to shrink at about 5% this year, 5, 5.5%, I think, is the current forecast. That compares to the UK shrinking at more or less 10% or even more than that. Um, and other countries in Europe, similarly, you know, worse hit by COVID. Um, Japan's stock market um, has, you know, has actually got quite, there's quite a few sort of more cyclical companies in it. So some of the things like automotive companies, um, the automotive supply base, those have been picking up as as demand in China for cars has picked up more recently, so that some parts of the Japanese market now are doing better than more cyclical end. Um, and, yeah, so the market as a whole, the Japanese small company market has done okay this year, but it, it's probably not done much um, much better than uh, most other parts of the world, to be honest. Um, I think in terms of our funds, um, we, we do own um, three funds in Japan to give us exposure to Japanese smaller companies as opposed to individual holdings. Uh, and those are managed by Aberdeen, uh, Bailey Gifford and East Spring. Um, Aberdeen have done well this year. Um, that's um, a sort of a quality growth approach. Um, Baby Gifford have done absolutely fantastically this year. They did, uh, and obviously they've done well in the last few years with their focus on the tech and the tech medical uh, medical companies, health companies, um, and um, if you like, uh, innovative digital sort of companies. Um, that 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 sort of strategy has worked fantastically again in 2020. More recently, it's um, it's maybe not been quite the place to be in this uh, post-vaccine sort of news uh, period, but. It's done very well for us this year. And then Eastspring, the last fund we own, as much more at the value end of the market, has struggled in 2020, uh, but it's actually recovering. As, as we've seen, the vaccine news is, is, is good news for that fund probably as it's more more aimed at uh, more investing in the more cyclical and more lower value uh, lower value stocks. And I think we certainly have seen a bit of a trend towards value, value stocks as opposed to growth stocks in the last month or so. So we've got a blend of different funds, but uh, they're, all, they're all investing in different holdings. But uh, overall, they're actually doing well in 2020 for us. Um, and, and just finally, Peter, the, the trust isn't necessarily known for generating an income with investors, but you've actually got a great track record of increasing the, the trust income. Um, have you managed to maintain that this year? And maybe have you been using the revenue reserves for this type of scenario? Yeah, so the company's financial year is uh, the end of April. So they did report in uh, in June that it was um, the dividend the dividend was pushed up for a 50th consecutive year by the by the board. Um, the um, we're, we're obviously not um, uh, we're not we haven't released interim results at this stage at the moment, and the board will be looking at the uh, the dividend for uh, that that period in the in the coming weeks. Um, the company, the company has grown its dividend uh, over the years consistently by, by effectively benefiting from investing in companies that themselves are increasing their own dividends. So um, it doesn't happen by magic. You've got to invest in companies that are, that are actually paying out increasing dividends themselves. So 
Um, you know, in most years we found, and um, while well, I've been the manager of the fund, most years we found really good dividend growth from the portfolio. Um, in 2020, 2021, the current financial year, the new financial year, um, it's going to be much more difficult because a lot of companies have cut dividends or passed dividends. Uh, we saw that obviously at the start of the pandemic. We saw a lot of the UK companies in particular doing that. So this year is going to be a very challenging year on the income side for the fund and for you know other funds really across the market. Um, so it'll be up to the board as to whether they wish to um, continue with the dividend uh, dividend uh, growth um, um, record. Um, and you know the, the the positive we have got is we've got a strong revenue reserve of um, nearly 18 million pounds going into the, this this year. Um, which uh, which is there to support um, you know the dividend going forward and uh, it's up to the board uh, to look at the the outlook when they come to make the decisions in uh, in December and in um, in June next year the interim and final as to what what they want to do with that um, you know the income we think the income situation will improve a little bit through the start of next year as companies that cut dividends um, in in March maybe March April 2020. We think some of those will, re- will start paying again in, in March, April 2021. But again, it will depend to a degree on how that uh, that vaccine rollout is going and how the economic environment is looking at the time. And so, you know, it's, it's difficult to be too prescriptive going forward. But, you know, we hope that by investing in growing com- companies that have got good growth potential in the future, that we can carry that, uh, carry that record on. That's great, Peter. Thank you for joining us today. No problem at all. Thanks for having me. And if you'd like to learn more about the BMO Global Smaller Companies Trust, please visit funcalibre.com. And while you're there, remember to subscribe to the Investing on the Go podcast. Please remember, we've been discussing individual stocks to bring investing to life for you. It's not a recommendation to buy or sell. The fund may or may not still hold these stocks at your time of listening.